saw God do something wonderful, so now I'm programmed to expect a miracle. Now you're broadcasting from the top of the world to the bottom and all the way around. Because of what you did, I'll restore your heart. I'll make you whole again, and then I'm going to prosper you again. You can have your opinions and your preferences, but your preferences will not define my self-worth. everyone welcome to our faith midweek experience thank you so much for watching thank you for tuning in however you're watching go ahead and share so other people on your timeline and your social media can be encouraged by what's going to happen tonight welcome to our midweek experience it's a special time for us right now here at faith it's faith and family in the fall we're focusing on strengthening our faith and our families this is a very special time for us because we know God's going to do a wonderful work in our lives as well as our families. So once again, welcome to our midweek experience. However you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, our website, on Faith Plus, we're so grateful that you are watching tonight. We have so many wonderful things coming up here at Faith, but to stay in connection with us and all the things that are going on, I encourage you to download our Faith Plus app. On our Faith Plus app, we have our events, ways you can stay connected to faith as well as you can access our 24 7 streaming network in our wonderful amazing on-demand section as well we have a special section for faith and family in the fall that is available where you can see all the messages the notes as well as the different events and things that have happened already and what is coming up for our faith and family in the fall so i encourage you if you haven't already download our faith plus app today I also encourage you to be part of our daily devotional. We have a daily video devotional and podcast that we release every weekday. It's called Faith in the Morning. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe there. We also stream it live at 9 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. 
You can also find it even earlier than that on our Faith Plus app. So you can access our Faith in the Morning podcast, our video devotional, every weekday on Faith Plus, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, as well as streaming on Facebook and YouTube. The whole purpose of Faith in the Morning is to help you start your day with faith and encouragement. So we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and follow along with us. We know it will bless you in your everyday life. We also have something else coming up. So many wonderful things going on here during Faith and Family in the Fall. On October 31st, we have our Faith Fest, where it's a time where we're on Sunday morning. It's a start at 10 a.m. We're going to have praise and worship, a message here in the sanctuary, things for all ages. And then afterwards, we have special activities planned outside. We have rides and games and food and candy. It's going to be a great time. All campuses will meet here in Austell on that Sunday. So it won't just be the Austell campus, it'll also be the Fayetteville campus and the Gwinnett campus and the Marietta campus all coming together. And I also invite all of you who are part of our online campus. If you're able to make it out, we encourage you to make it that Sunday. It's going to be a great time full of fun, food, games, fellowship. Think of it like a faith family reunion. We'll be able to gather together in the sanctuary, then afterward outside and enjoy one another's company and enjoy the weather, enjoy the season, enjoy all the great things we have planned for that day. So I want to make sure that you're aware and plan to be with us on October 31st at 10 a.m. for our Faith Fest. Starting the next day, we have our 21 days of prayer from November 1st to November 21st. Our 21 days of prayer is going from November 1st to November 21st. These times of prayer and fasting. You say, well, why do you do it in November? Some people are like, it's such a weird timing. You know, some people do it at the beginning of the year, which is great. Some people do it at the beginning of the school year. That's great, too. One of the reasons we do it in November is this is before the holidays have really taken the full swing, before people get caught up in the holidays and all the wonderful things that time of year brings. But we take this time to pray to make sure we close out the year strong, but also we begin to get our instructions, our marching orders for 2022. You see, to me, you know, you can pray at the end of the year, last few days, and try to focus on, well, what am I going to do next year? Or even take the first few days of the year to kind of get a plan for the year. Or how about we end the year praying out the next year so we walk into the new year with clear eyes, clear focus, clear understanding, knowing the plan God has for us. So that's one of the things we'll be praying out during our 21 days of prayer, as well as other topics as we pray for different things that God puts on our hearts. We'll send you more information for that as we get closer to it. And if you want all the updates for our 21 days of prayer, and you're going to join us for the days of prayer and fasting, I want you to text PRAYER to 770-756-8539. That's 770-756-8539. Text PRAYER to 770-756-8539 to let us know you're going to join us for prayer and fasting. And when I say fasting, it doesn't always mean food. You know, if you want to fast a meal, we encourage you to do so. If that's what's on your heart to do, you know, of course, you know, can talk to your medical professional, your health practitioner, whatever, to make sure it is good for what your body needs. But also for some of us, fasting food is not the big deal. See, the whole purpose and power of fasting is putting something aside and replacing it with time in the Word and time in prayer. And so you might not even spend a lot of time in cooking the meal and eating the meal and cleaning them up after the meal. You may have all these quick meals prepared. That might be you. But what may be even more significant for you is putting social media aside, putting that favorite TV show aside, setting aside time 
to get in the word, to pray and hear from God. That's the purpose of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So if you're going to join us during this time from November 1st to November 21st, text prayer to 770-756-8539. It's how we're closing out our time of faith and family in the fall, leading to our Thanksgiving experience. We're in for wonderful times during faith and family in the fall. I know God's going to do wonderful things in your life and in your family. So make sure you follow our social media and download the Faith Plus app. And make sure you follow the email so you know all the wonderful things that are coming up here at Faith. Well, without further ado, tonight's message from our special guest is going to encourage you. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to minister to you. It's going to minister to you wherever you are in your life and to your family. So open up your heart. Open up your ears. Open up your mind. God has something just for you tonight, and something good is going to happen to you. So expect miracles. Enjoy tonight's message. Good evening. I'm Minister Christina Jenkins, as Pastor Carrick said, and I am thrilled to be with you this evening during your Faith and the Family series. Um, Faith Christian Center has always been very close to my heart. Faith, as you often call it. Um, as when the church started many years ago, I used to beg my father, Bishop Butler, to let me fly with him so that I could come down and he'd say, you know, you have to help out if you come. Like, sure, put me in the nursery. I'll help out in the nursery. <laughs> and I would always come and serve in the nursery. And so um, I love you all. It's an honor to be with you. And it's an honor to be asked by Pastor Carrick uh, and by First Lady Raquel to grace the pulpit. I honor you all, respect and love you so much, and I'm grateful to God for you that you all are in our lives. Uh, before we jump in, I also want to uh, give honor to my husband, Pastor Joel Jenkins, of almost nine years. We, we will be married nine years December 1st, and uh, tell you greetings from the Jenkins family, our five. We have two little boys. Andrew and Austin, who are five and three, and one little girl, Alyssa, our pandemic baby, as she's been called, uh, who is uh, actually at this point, she's about 17 months old. Uh, so she's almost closer now to two uh, than one at this point. So um, but we've been very, very blessed and um, just grateful to God for all that he's done in our lives. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer here for a moment. If you would bow your head with me, I want to jump right in. Father God, we just come before you this evening. We're so grateful to you, Lord. We honor you. We magnify you. We're so grateful for your word and for your spirit. We just pray this evening that as I speak, Lord, that my speech and my preaching would not be with man's wisdom, Lord, but that it would be in demonstration of your spirit and power. I ask that you give unto me utterance, that doors of utterance would be open, that I'm able to minister what you have for your people at faith here this evening. I ask, Lord, that your anointing would be tangible. Yes, Lord, that we would even sense it as we minister for the word of God tells us that you confirm your word with signs and wonders. And so, Lord, we look to you. We don't limit you in any way. And we bind Satan and his cohorts. We say that this word will go forth unhindered, unchecked by any force in Jesus' name. And that you, Lord, will get all glory, honor, and praise from the deliverance, uh, the delivery of the word and from what we do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, if you would, uh, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. We're going to just jump right in here. As I um, asked the Lord what it was that he wanted me to minister during this special time for your church, uh, he gave me a message which uh, I've entitled Apply Pressure. Yes, Apply Pressure. Uh, and so uh, we're going to jump right in here. And I believe that this, the word the Lord has given us is going to be a great blessing to you and encouraging your faith, helping to grow your faith, especially for the days that we are living in. So if you would look at Mark chapter five, we're going to start here, uh, here at verse uh, 25. And it says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. I want to take a moment there and listen to this. Because sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it like, you know, it's a bedtime story. Or it's a fictional book that we're just reading for enjoyment. Or even sometimes just out of habit. But I want to point something out to you here that really stood out to me as, as I was studying for this message. And that is that this woman we know already had an issue of blood, which means she had some type of disorder where she was bleeding for 12 years of her life, just consistent bleeding. But it says in verse 26 that she had suffered many things of many physicians, which means that this woman had gone to many different doctors for help. And no one was actually able to help her. In fact, uh, she spent all that she had trying to be healed of this particular plague. And it says, you know, not just that it didn't work, but it actually says she didn't get better. She grew worse. So after going to these different physicians, after trying everything that she was told to do by these different physicians, nothing helped. And in fact, she grew worse. All right, hold on to that. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. I wonder what exactly she heard about Jesus. Uh, I, we know by what she did that she probably heard that he was the promised Messiah and the, the word says that he would have healing in his wings. If you study that out really, it was talking about the tassels or the borders that were on his prayer shawl that every Jewish man was instructed by God to wear a prayer shawl over their clothing. And so there were these tassels, borders basically on his garment. And she must have heard that this is the Messiah because it was interesting that she went and touched the borders of his garment. Now there's so many things here uh, about this and I don't want to belabor it too much, but I want to just point out that by Jewish law, number one, this woman was not supposed to be out in public. She was considered unclean. Uh, while women were uh, having any type of bleeding, even their monthly uh, cycle, they were considered unclean and they had to follow certain rules. So this woman wasn't even supposed to be out among the masses, but she was. This woman was after bleeding for 12 years. You know this woman was not in peak physical condition that she's having to press through to even get to the border of Jesus's garment, but she does. And so I want to just kind of continue here and take a look at what happens. So when she heard of Jesus, verse 27, she came in the press behind and touched his garment or the border of his prayer shawl. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. 
if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And look what happened in verse 29. She was rewarded for her faith and believing that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was the Messiah, and believing that what the word says was true, that there would be healing in the border of his prayer shawl, healing in his wings. Because it says in verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She got what she came for. And, she, and verse, uh, verse 30 says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And so the disciples say to him, Jesus, you, there's people everywhere. They're crowding in and bumping and pushing and just trying to get closer, trying to see him and trying to see how tall is he? What does he look like? Trying to see what he's going to do, trying to get close enough to hear what is he saying? What kind of sandals is he wearing? I mean, there are people everywhere. Just like if you would imagine today, uh, you know, especially, you know, in Atlanta, there are, uh, the Atlanta area, of course, there are a lot of celebrities that live there and that come through. And so, you know, if it's somebody super popular, people will call other people walking through the mall. Oh, so-and-so is here. I remember being in the mall here in a Somerset Mall years ago and uh, hearing people whispering. There was a professional hockey player and, uh, you know, oh, so-and-so, you know, people that don't even know you walking by. Yeah, you know, Dominic Hasek is in this store over here. And people crowd just to just to see him, just to get his autograph, just to get close enough to say they saw him, you know, texting other people. And so there are people that are coming to Jesus that are thronging him for all different reasons. But notice that this woman is the only one that he actually stopped what he was doing and asked about. He wanted to know who just did that. Who touched me? <laughs> and the disciples didn't get it in that moment. And they said, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So I want to point out here, you know, in particular, we're talking about tonight, apply pressure. Uh, you know, for the young folks that has a different definition right now, <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of definitions for that phrase. If you actually look up that phrase, one of the definitions that some of the younger people use it for is you, you like somebody, for instance, you single, hopefully, right? You like somebody, apply pressure, let them know. So, you know, you dress a certain way and make sure, you know, put your, your finest on. And, you know, you married, you're going out on a date with your husband or with your wife and y'all haven't been able to go out much because of the kids. And I'm going to put on my finest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a fresh haircut. I'm going to get my hair done. Ladies, I'm going to put my makeup on. I'm going to apply a little pressure. Make sure he knows I still got it, right? Make sure she knows I still love her and I still, you know, I'm still trying to be the man I, you know, I was when we got married. Applying pressure okay that's the, that's how young folks use that that phrase we're not necessarily talking about that definition tonight but that's just a little nugget for y'all to have younger folks in your house or for the young people that are already listening you already know 
But the phrase, if you look it up online, the applying pressure, what that actually means is to put pressure on. It's kind of like the other one. But here's the definition I really want to focus on. To apply pressure means to make demands on or expect something from someone. To apply pressure, I'll say it again, means to put pressure on or to, de to make demands on or to expect something from someone. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Because the woman with the issue of blood put some pressure on something. She had an expectation and made a demand for something to happen in her body. And the word the Lord has given me for you all tonight is that you need to put some pressure on. It may not be healing that you need. It may be deliverance. It may be that you have a child who you put the word of God into and they've turned away from God. It may be that your family member is not born again. You need to put some pressure on that thing. It may be that you are broke right now. Your money is not looking right. Maybe you've been having a hard time finding a job that pays what you needed to pay. Put some pressure on that thing. We're going to talk about that. What does that mean? What is it that the Lord is saying when we're talking about applying pressure? Because I'm not saying that the woman with the issue of blood applied pressure to Jesus. Obviously, if you look through the Gospels in particular, one of my favorite things to do is read through the Gospels and read just the, the miracles that are actually there. A lot of times in those miracles, people, you know, Jesus came to people. They don't even necessarily know who he was. The man that was by, you know, the pool of Bethesda. He's like, hey, you you going to be healed? And the man's like, you know, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. You know, every time I get ready, to, the angel troubles the water and I get ready to get in the water and be the first one in to be healed. Somebody else gets in first. And I, he had no idea he was talking to Jesus, but that man ended up healed and walking away. Right. Many other times in the Gospels, there's many stories of people who Jesus came to. There are some stories of Jesus was going by and somebody called out to him and he healed them and they were able to see the blind man. But I want to point out this woman heard about Jesus and she put pressure on the anointing that was on him. He was walking. He didn't even necessarily wasn't necessarily focused on or knowing this woman is about to come up and touch me and virtue is going to come out of me and it's going to heal me. And he was actually getting ready to go with Jairus. He had started walking with Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, to go to his house to pray for his daughter, to raise, end up, you know, to heal his daughter. But because this woman said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. And she, by faith, put a demand on the anointing. She got what she came for. So I want to encourage you tonight, whatever it is you have need of in this life, the word of God tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Let's Actually, let's flip there because I don't even want to quote it. <clears throat> let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want you to see this with your own eyes here. 2 Peter chapter 1, I'm going to start here with verse 1 for context. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
Verse three says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. I love this in the Amplified. It says, for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite, that are required and suited or needed to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. In other words, everything that we would need in this life, God has already provided for us through Jesus Christ. If you are born again, you have a right, you have a list of promises in the scripture, things that are already set in place and set there for you that you just have to go out and grab. The word of God says that the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. There's an expectation that we as children of God, that we are become violent about this thing, that there are things that may be happening in the world right now uh, the pandemic, you know, that, that people are talking about there's, that's still going on. As a believer, you need to be careful what you're saying about that coming out of your mouth. Oh, this is never going to go away. Oh, you know, oh, well, you know, things are always going to be like this. Listen, God has given us everything that we need in this life, everything that is requisite, requisite, and everything that is necessary for us to live this life and to live it in a godly way. He's already provided for our needs to be met. He's already given us promises regarding healing in our bodies. He's given us promises regarding that if we are givers, if we are sowers, if we are tithers, Satan can't steal from us. That the windows of heaven would be open and he pours out blessings that we don't even have room enough to receive. But the problem is so many of us are being punks. So many of us are being distracted by the cares of this world, by things that are happening. And I came tonight to remind you of who you are in Christ and that he expects for us to put some pressure on the enemy, put pressure on the enemy's gates. I give you an example uh, here specifically. Um, I didn't intend to share this, but I just feel led as I'm ministering to go ahead. It's not part of my notes. Uh, or anything of that nature. But in 2020, I had a bang up year, I would say, <laughs> in 2020. Uh, when the, the beginning of the pandemic started, I was pregnant. I had two toddlers at home and I was working from home. I was what I, we joke, uh, some people call me the COVID czar at Word of Faith. I was the person uh, along with our legal team staying up on top of what all changes were happening and how we were supposed to respond from a legal perspective um, and what we should do. So I was the person that was running that and managing that. And I was super pregnant at that point um, and ended up delivering my baby girl. Um, and you know, a series of things happening. My blood pressure kind of going crazy after the delivery, um, having to be put on a magnesium drip and stay in the hospital for an extra 24 hours. And then on the back end, having to come back in several weeks later, doing the same thing again, having to be separated from my newborn baby. Then she ended up having to be rushed to the hospital <clears throat> in an ambulance. She aspirated, we now know, aspirated on some milk and developed pneumonia uh, at a few weeks old. And she ended up having, we had to call 911. They had to come and take, a, take me and her to the hospital. Um, then... You know, they tried to tell me the 
ER doctor tried to tell me that basically this is COVID. She says, <laughs> she, after they did all of this and x-rays and they looked at different things and they were listening to how she was breathing and her pulse ox, her oxygen level wasn't where it was supposed to be. And she was getting ready to leave and leave for the night. She was getting ready to clock out. And so she let me know. She said, you know, hey, I'm getting ready to leave for the night, but did anybody tell you the results? Um, and I said, no. She said, well, based on what I saw in the x-rays, she said, if anybody, if she was in her 50s, I would guarantee you that this is COVID. And then she walked out of the room. And for a moment, I like fear seized my heart for a moment because I had made a decision to take her out of the house to my mom's. It was my mother's 65th birthday. And I wanted her to, you know, it was just family, just close family, but I wanted her to come over there. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I made the wrong choice. I brought her out during this time and something has happened to her and this is my fault. And I actually made a phone call. I ended up calling my brother, uh, Pastor Andre, and he kicked me in the tail, <laughs> which I needed in the moment. And he said, hey, uh, this is not the time for that. You, we can figure out how we got here later. This is the time for you to stand up. And I immediately, I heard exactly what he said. I said, thank you, I got it, thank you. I hung up the phone and I went to war against the devil. I was like, oh no, I refuse to fear in Jesus name. And a few minutes later, literally a pediatrician, the pediatrician came down from upstairs in the hospital. She had told me he was gonna come down. And uh, he said, you know, hey, um, did anybody show you the results? I said, no one showed me the results, but you know, the ER doctor told me that this is, she thinks this is COVID and she would almost guarantee it. If, if my daughter was older, if she wasn't a newborn, he was like, oh, no, I'm not worried this is COVID. This is, this is not how COVID presents in a newborn, you know, so forth and so on. And he explained some things to me. And listen, the way that the devil works, the Bible tells us John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and may have life more abundantly. I believe with all my heart, if I had given in to fear and succumbed to fear and let come out of my mouth, oh my God, my baby has COVID, she's gonna die. That Satan would have, oh, she signed for the package. And that pediatrician would have come in with a different report. I, I believe it with all of my heart. But because I was encouraged by another believer, to get my act together in that moment and they helped me to stay on task before I could say anything that was harmful, you know, that would open up the, the door for Satan to do what he wanted to do. I they was able to put my foot down. He had no right and no place. And that's exactly what happened. She was fine. They even let us go home that same night and, you know, that same day and told me, you know, she should be fine. This is, you know, what you should expect. And if these things happen, bring her back and we didn't have to bring her back. But then, not even a month later, in June, I felt the sickest I've ever, ever felt in my life. I'd never been uh, hospitalized for anything or had to go to the hospital really for anything other than to deliver my three children. Um, and so, um, for me personally, and so I felt like totally ill. I didn't know what was going on. And eventually, like two days later, I went to the ER and found out that um, I had an infected gallbladder and had to have surgery for that. So there were just so many things going on that I had to just literally in the hospital, uh, I had to just turn on healing scriptures. Literally, I slept with, I went to YouTube and looked for 
uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin reading healing scriptures and just listen to those all night as I went through the process of having to have surgery. And, I mean, just having to like, I just had to shut everything down, cut everything out and literally listen to worship, listen to the word being read. Cause you know, there's some times where you just picking up your Bible is hard. You know, you got a headache, you got a mig you deal with migraines, something like that. Sometimes picking up your Bible and reading it is hard. You know, I'm, I'm all, you know, in the hospital by myself. Uh, plugged up to all kind of stuff still really trying to recover from labor and delivery and the things that had happened afterwards as I'm pretty much a month after after that I'm back in the hospital and just trying to push through all of this stuff and so I just had to apply pressure so there's something here when you talk about applying pressure yeah I'm, I'm not talking necessarily it's, it's a spiritual thing um Jim Hockaday used to say if I if I can pull this back the way he used to say but basically like when you're doing, there are things that you're doing. When you're doing spiritual things, you're tapping into the realm of the spirit. That's when you're praying, when you're reading the word of God, when you're meditating the word, when you're praying in other tongues, when you're singing unto the Lord, you're actually releasing the Zoe life of God that's on the inside of you. The Bible says that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water or life-giving water. You hear Jesus talk about it at the well, the woman with the woman of Samaria, and he had asked her for something to drink, and she's like, yo, yo, y'all don't, you know, you Jews don't really deal with us. What's happening here? And he told her, listen, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for water. You would have asked me for something to drink, and I would have given you something that would spring up into everlasting life, something that would make sure that you're never thirsty again. And he gave us the same Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us. And when we do certain things, we're tapping into that Zoe life of God. And that's coming out of you. That's why when you pray in other tongues, you're energized on the inside. Because you're releasing that Zoe life of God to flow in, in you and to flow out of you to those who are around you, to your family and things like that. And so we have to actually literally apply pressure like this woman did. She didn't wait for Jesus to come to her area. She didn't wait for Jesus to walk over to her. She wasn't, oh, you know, tell her, you know, Father God, tell him, tell Jesus to come over to where I am. You know where I'm at. She wasn't having a pity party. There's so many people that would have been having a pity party. I've been dealing, this, dealing with this for 12 years. And they would have just been walking around the crowd telling all the people about how much stuff they had been going through. But listen, it's time for us to stand up at we are a part of the tribe. <laughs> the tribe of Judah. We are part of the call by God to stand up in this last days. We are the standard that's supposed to show people, that's supposed to be a billboard to say, when you serve God, when you know Jesus yourself and you have a personal relationship with him, he handles your business. It doesn't mean that you don't go through tough times. It doesn't mean you don't lose people. It doesn't mean that you may have, you know, that you don't get attacked, but it means you always end up with victory, that you will go from glory to glory to glory to glory in him. So I want to encourage you to apply pressure. Another thing I noted about this woman was, you know, because of the rules of society at that time, she had to be isolated. She wasn't able to just be out in public. She didn't let depression keep her down. She didn't let being isolated turn her into where she was this bitter person, angry at these doctors who had taken all of her money but actually made her worse. 
No, she heard about the solution. She heard that, that the Messiah was here and she went and she got what she came for. She demanded that the anointing that was on him heal her body and that is what happened. And in the same way, we have to run to Jesus. You don't have to wait for Sunday morning. You don't have to wait for Pastor Carrick, for one of the ministers to lay hands on you. You can lay hands on yourself. Husbands, you can lay hands on your wife, on your children. Wives, you can lay hands on your husband, on your children. Single folks, you can lay hands on one another. You can get together with your brother or your sister from church and pray for one another or pray over the phone. Because, you know, there's sometimes by personality, there are people who are more tenacious. You know, uh, my sister, Pastor Michelle, naturally more of a tenacious person than I am. Uh, and so for me, you know, uh, some some folks would joke and even for, for my mother is a great example of this. Uh, I tell the story all the time that when I was a teenager, I was at the mall with my mother and we went our separate ways. She told me to go. I had something to return to a store. And uh, she told me, go ahead and go return that and I'll go do this and I'll meet you there. And so when I went to return this item, a lady in the store tried to accuse me, someone that worked, tried to accuse me of stealing the item. It was in my bag. And so I called my mother immediately and she came into the store. I've never seen my mother act like this before in my life. I've barely seen it since. And I mean, she let this lady have it. My quiet, soft-spoken mother who might not say 10 words to somebody that she doesn't know or might not say 10 words to somebody she does know. And she let this lady have it. Why? Because even though, you know, you might be somebody who's a little bit more laid back, you know, you might be somebody who, you know, I'm not really that type of person. But when it's something you care about, when it's something that belongs to you and it's someone that you love, that's when we really see like, oh, oh, you got, you have something in you. You got a little, there's a little bit more gulliness, we used to call it. There's something else there. When it comes to the things of God, that's how we need to be. You need to let all of that out. You know why? Because Jesus paid it all. <laughs> he paid for your healing. He paid for your sin, your iniquity on the cross at Calvary. He paid so that you could prosper, not only in your body, but in your finances and in your life. He paid so that you could make a demand on the word and say, hey, the Bible says if I'm born again, I can make a demand and command and call my household born again. He paid for all of those things to be in place. And so we love him. We care about him. This is something that is owed to you. Put your foot down, put your foot on the devil's neck and demand that he take his hands off of your household. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children that COVID-19 cannot touch them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. We have to be bold in this time that we're living in. That's what God expects. Yes, Satan may have turned up the heat. We may be seeing all of these earthquakes and all of these fights and police brutality, all of these crazy things going on in the world. But like I said, the word of God says when the, the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. We are that standard. <laughs> Get out of your own way and stand up and demand that the things that God has promised you belong to you and you will not have anything any other way. Amen. Another thing I want to point out is that <clears throat> this woman wasn't really pressed about the how. She just knew she had to get to the who. And that's what it is for us. It's one of the things that the Lord said to me specifically. He said that, you know, when that we need to sometimes listen. And this time, you need to turn off the news, turn off the television. I mean, you don't need to see it at all or hear it at all. 
when you're dealing with a battle, you have to get serious about that thing. It's, di it's no different than when you were in high school or college and you had exams coming up. If you were a good student, if you were somebody who was going to bust out an A, you were somebody who had to go to war. You had to go and pull out your notes. You had to go and get these things together, maybe have a study group, maybe do flashcards. When I studied for the bar exam, I never drank coffee in my life. I grew up watching people around me drink coffee that were, seemed to be addicted to it and I didn't want it. But a friend of mine was drinking coffee. We were studying together. Man, I started hitting up some Starbucks <laughs> at that point. I, I need all the energy that I possibly can have because this is an actual literal battle. I'm going to pass this bar exam. I'm going to do it the first time because the spirit of God is in me. He is, his excellence is upon me. And it was a demand that I made. I went to battle for it. We have to do that in our everyday lives. So you might have to turn off the music, the television, the games, the especially especially social media because you can get lost for hours on TikTok and Instagram and whatever else you may have to turn that off and press your way into the presence of the Lord when you don't know what to do the Lord will show you what to do the Holy Spirit will tell you this is what you need to do you're worried about COVID you know some people right now are worried because they know their health isn't where they need to be or maybe you just want to lose some weight the Lord will tell you what you need to do don't buy this Stop using this. Go for a walk. Do X, Y, and Z and be consistent about it. He will lead you and guide you and help you along the way so that you can be the you that he's called you to be. Amen. While I was studying for this message, the Lord gave me a specific word. And so I want to take a second. It's right along the lines of what we're talking about. But he, he said specifically, there are some of you that are spent, that are crushed under the weight of grief right now, trials, pressure from all that's been happening in the world with the pandemic to earthquakes, fires, violence, police brutality, loss of jobs, you know, financial pressure. But he said this, he told me to tell you, do not quit. Do not give up. Do not draw back. Do not look back. Come to Jesus just like that woman, formerly known as the woman with the issue of blood. Press your way into his presence in prayer, in worship and praise, in studying the word of God. And, and especially when you pray and taking time and just being quiet before him and listening to what it is that he has to say to you. Press your way into his presence regularly and let him continue to fortify you for the days ahead. Because if you study out the word and end time prophecy, you know that things are going to get worse. It's the last days. We are living in perilous times and we're going to continue to see more and more of these things. But the promise of God is that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against those who belong to you shall prosper. Those in your household that you have command over and that you can speak over in the realm of the spirit. And so don't allow Satan to squeeze your heart. Men's hearts failing them for all the things that are going on. Instead, recognize that God has equipped you and called you for such a time as this. So some of you might want to say, you know, you might have a question. How do I how do I apply pressure? What is what does that mean? Uh, you know, or exactly what are, what are we talking about? How do I do that in my own life? Take it by force. The violent take it by force. You're not 
you know, one of the one of the books the Lord is encouraging you to pick back up during this time is The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin and the original The Authority of the Believer by John McMillan. You know, pick up those books. There are some things in there that will help you recognize and understand how to plead the blood of Jesus over your family, how to put your foot on the devil's neck, how to recognize who you are, whose you are, what belongs to you. That's how you put pressure on the devil. You put pressure on the devil, on his cohorts, by singing praise and worship to the Lord, especially in troubled times when your heart is low and cast down. Maybe somebody's passed away. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you can only kind of muster out a whimper. But find your way to sing unto the Lord. Laugh at the devil. Those are all ways you put pressure on, that you put a demand on. I'm expecting that the anointing of God is going to work in my life. I'm expecting Satan to take his hands off of my family, my finances, my body, whatever it is that's going on. Just to give you an illustration, you know, putting pressure, just to, you know, all of us have had a time where somebody did you wrong or somebody did you dirty, so to speak. You know, one, one, at one point, my husband and I have been married, as I said, for almost nine years. And so about 10 years ago when we were dating, we went to downtown Detroit to, um, I don't know where we were going. He might remember, but we went um, somewhere downtown Detroit. And we parked in a parking garage. And so when we left, there was no parking attendant there. It was just the machine. Everything was automated. And so we got ready to, you know, to pay and he paid. And then it did not give him his money back, the money he was supposed to get back, the change he was supposed to get back. And it was like five or $10 that he was supposed to get back. And so we stayed there, we kind of pressed the button for service. We looked around trying to figure out, you know, how we could get some help. And eventually we just decided to go ahead and leave. Um, so he could just go ahead and take me back home and then go back to his home. And so he was just like, you know, oh, well, I mean, you know, stuff happens. And I was like, oh, that's, that's your money. I was like, no, let me, let me, let me handle it for you. <laughs> so I went and wrote a letter. I went and I took a picture of something so I could remember what the company was and the time and everything. And I wrote the details down, dear, to whom it may concern. You owe this man money. <laughs> and just kind of wrote, you know, what happened, what the details were, his contact information, how much he was owed and all of that. And then I signed it with a little bit of pressure with my name, comma, E-S-Q dot. So many of you might know E-S-Q is short for Esquire, which would indicate to them I'm a licensed attorney uh, in the state that I live in in particular. Uh, and so I'm signing this, not just, you know, this person, but I'm putting a little extra pressure on this E-S-Q. I'm, I'm an attorney, so you want to make sure you do the right thing for this man I was on a date with because you stole his money. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I was, I had never even done anything like that before, but I was like, uh-uh, you're not going to just out here taking this, this hardworking man and taking his money. He was a school teacher. I was like, he about to give him his money back. And sure enough, about a week later, he called me. You won't even believe this. They sent something in the mail, sent him a, a, it was a piece of paper and you opened it up and there was the cash that they owed him was in the envelope. Why? put a little pressure on them because you get a letter from an attorney, everybody's stomach turns a little bit. You're a little uncomfortable. Well, listen, I may be an, att an attorney licensed in the state of Michigan. You are a son or a daughter of God. 
you have the armies of God backing you up. The word of God tells us that he gives you angels to minister for us as believers. You have God backing you up himself, angels of God backing you up, the anointing of God inside because you're a believer and upon you. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible of it is to speak in other tongues. I mean, what more could you have? That puts pressure on the enemy because he looks at you and he sees that anointing. He sees Jesus. When you say in Jesus name, take your hands off my money in Jesus name. No weapon formed against my children shall prosper in Jesus name. I am the healed and not the sick. Jesus himself bore my griefs and pains, my sorrows on the cross at Calvary and by his stripes, I am healed. That puts pressure on the enemy. And listen, that's what God expects. It's just as if, you know, my, my five-year-old son, Andrew, at one point came home and told me that somebody at school was pushing on him. And I was like, oh, I, who, who, what happened? What did you do? You know, and I, we had a conversation. Okay, well, this is what you do next time you tell the teacher. But I told him, I said, but son, if somebody is ever hitting you, like they are trying to fight you, they're hitting you, you don't need to go run and find a teacher and, and to tell the teacher. You hit them back. You don't let anybody sit up there and beat up on you um, and hurt and literally harm you like that. Because I, I would expect him to do it. He looked a little surprised. He said, okay, mama, say, yeah, no, you don't let nobody hit you or hit your brother and your sister. Somebody punching them, kicking them, something like that. You fight back. I expect that as his mother. Why? Because uh, he's trying to run and get a teacher or get somebody else, uh, get somebody else's attention they could knock him down and do some serious damage to him and harm him. And so, you know, God does not expect for you to sit there and take all the kicks that the devil wants to throw at you and just take it and persevere. I'm just going to, I'm going to persevere and soon and very soon we're going to, no, he expects you to enforce the victory that Jesus purchased for you on the cross at Calvary. He expects you to enforce it right now through your words in Jesus name. I mentioned what John 10, 10 says. I want to circle back to it for a moment that it tells us the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I'm come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Whether or not you experience that word life, there is Zoe is life as God has it, or eternal life. Whether or not you experience life as God has it, the Zoe life God has set up for you depends fully upon you. It is up to you. Jesus did all he is going to do to provide victory for you in your life, in your body, in your finances, in your family, in your church. He's done it already. It is now up to us to enforce that victory by putting pressure on the anointing, by putting pressure on the devil. That is what he expects us to do. C.S. Lewis said it best. He said, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Because Satan's enemy, he has made himself an enemy of God. And because he's an enemy of God, he's made himself your enemy. Because he sees God when he sees you. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he hates us purely because of that. But don't fear. We are the standard that is to be raised up against him. And listen, sometimes we need help, just like 
the story I told when my daughter was in the hospital after being rushed to the emergency room and my brother had to give me a swift kick in the behind in the spirit realm. <laughs> like, hey, this ain't the time for this. This is the time to stand up and get in the devil's face. And he was absolutely right. It's absolutely what I did. Well, sometimes you need help. That's why you have a local church. That's why you should, you know, have be friends with other believers and participate in your church. Because sometimes you need somebody else to help you apply pressure. You need somebody to remind you to apply pressure. Sometimes when you get in the midst of a circumstance. And so I want to encourage you this evening as I get ready to wrap up here. You know, I was listening to a message recently by um, Billy Graham on the radio and and you know I think it was I think it was that message and he pointed out you know Lot's wife almost made it out of Sodom if you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah that Lot you know Lot was instructed to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah because it was getting ready to be destroyed and they were given specific instructions do not turn back do not turn around and Lot made it out but his wife because she loved the place, she turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. And I never had thought about it this way, but he was saying, listen, Lot's wife almost made it out, but she turned back. Do not be one of those people, the Bible tells us in the last days, there will be a great falling away. People that fall away from God, do not get tricked into being offended at God because of all the things that are happening in the world. Well, if God is a good guy, how could this happen? How could God allow these things to happen? You, you need to be like the Bereans. You study out the scripture for yourself. Do not get tricked into believing that God is not good because a fallen world has fallen things happening in it. Instead, make sure that you continue to press towards the mark for the high calling in Jesus Christ. And have the attitude that Job did. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And God is not out here slaying us, but that was what Job's perspective was at the time. And he said, even if he kills me, yet will I trust him. Let that be your attitude. No matter what happens, no matter who has left us and gone on to be with the, the Lord prematurely, no matter what situations have come against us during these times and the things that are coming, do not turn back. Do not be like those who forget what the Lord has done for you and who go back into sin, who go back into having no relationship with God. Please, please, please continue forward because my, my desire for you and your pastor and your first lady's desire for you is the same desire we have for ourselves is that we make it into heaven. We do so victoriously and we are able to hear God say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I tell you tonight, if you will apply pressure in your life on the devil, if you will apply pressure and pull on the anointing of God, if you will apply pressure and be somebody who won't give up in these last days, who won't turn back, that is exactly what will happen. You'll get to heaven. You'll get the crowns that God has set up for you. You'll earn what he's called, what he's set apart for you. And you'll live victoriously in everlasting life being rewarded by God with accolades. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So I encourage you continue to press in, trust in God, and continue to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. I know you enjoyed that message from our special guest. Thank you so much for tuning in and for watching. 
before we go, we want to give people an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And so if you never ask Jesus to come into your heart, it's very simple. He made it that simple for you. But you have to understand there is a heaven and there is a hell. Doing good things doesn't get you in heaven, and doing bad things doesn't send you to hell. The only thing that sends people to hell is rejecting Jesus and not making a decision for him the same as rejecting him. The only thing that gets people in heaven is receiving Jesus, making a decision to follow after him. And so if you want to make that decision tonight, I want you to pray with me in just a few moments. Repeat that prayer. Mean it from the bottom of your heart, and you'll be saved. Heaven will be your home. You might be saying, hey, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. Can I know for sure in this life? First John 5 said, these things were written that you may know and be sure that you have eternal life. If you want to know for sure that you're saved, pray this prayer with me in just a few moments, and you know for sure tonight. Or you might say, well, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been living for God. I've been doing my own thing, going my own way, but I realize I need to come back home to God and live this thing right. Will he take me back? Yes, he will. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so if you want to come back home to God, as I call it, some people call it rededicating their lives. Some people call it recommitting their lives. Some people say, just like I say, come back home to God. If you want to do that, when we pray in just a few moments, ask God to forgive you. Say whatever you've been doing. It's not the first time he found out about it. He already knows about it. But say, hey, God, this is what I'm doing. It's wrong. I ask that you forgive me. And guess what? He will. Are you ready to pray? If you're praying to be saved or to be sure that you're saved, I want you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it from the bottom of your heart. If you're praying to come back home to God, while we pray, ask God to forgive you, and he will. Let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. And help me to live this Christian life. Now, if you pray that prayer, you're saved. You can be sure that you're saved. If you ask God to forgive you, guess what? That's exactly what he did. Here's what I want you to do next. If you pray that prayer to be saved, to be sure that you're saved, or to come back home to God, I want you to text BELIEVE to 770-756-8539. If you pray that prayer, I want you to text BELIEVE to 770-756-8539. If you pray to be saved, to be sure that you're saved, or come back home to God, I want you to text BELIEVE to 770-756-8539. Congratulations on the decision you made for Jesus. When he texts in that information, and go to my Connect team. This week, they're going to call you to check on you, to pray with you, to see if you have any questions about to receive tonight, and see if you have any prayer requests that we can pray with you about. We love you so much. Congratulations. Now, do me that favor. Text BELIEVE to 770-756-8539. Praise God. Before we go, we're going to have our time of giving. Thank you all for your faithful generosity. Thank you all who give by mail. We're going to take time to give tonight in our normal tithes and offering, but also we want to be a a blessing to our special guests tonight. So if you're giving online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. If you're giving online, you can do so at FCCGA.com. You can also give via text. As you see it on your screen, you can text FCCGA to 73256. If you want to give via text, you can text FCCGA to 73256. Once again, if you want to 
give via text. You can text FCCGA to 73256. As you're giving via online or via text, you'll see spots where you can designate your giving. You'll see spots for tithes and offering. You'll also see spots for over and above giving. You'll see an option for a special guest. And what you give towards our special guests will go to them to be a blessing, to encourage them and strengthen them and be a blessing to their ministry. I'm so glad they took time out of their schedule tonight to pour into our lives during our faith and family in the fall. So go ahead. I encourage you to be a blessing to them and your over and above giving. We'll send it to them so they can be blessed and so back into the life. So Galatians 6 tells us, let those who are taught in the word communicate unto those that teach with all good things. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to sow into their lives. We're going to be a blessing. So thank you for your faithful generosity, for your tithes, for your offering, and for your over and above gift to be a blessing to our special guest tonight. You know, we believe what the Bible says, that God is causing all grace to abound towards you, so you have all sufficiency in all things, and you abound to every good work. And as it told us in Galatians 6, to be not weary and well-doing, because guess what? You will reap if you faint not. This is not the time to faint. This is the time to keep going forward in faith, experiencing the victory God has for us. We are believe you're ready to give. Let's present our gifts to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. We present our tithe, our offering, our seed to you. We ask that you use it mightily. We present it to you as a matter of love, a matter of worship, a matter of adoration, a matter of obedience. We give generously and liberally, believing for our biblical return. Satan, take your hands off what belongs to us. Angels, go forth. Bring a harvest unto us for, need, for our sake and the sake of the gospel. Father, we thank you that you are a shepherd, therefore we shall not lack. So receive more of the blessing. God, it is concepts and insights. We receive what you have for us, Father, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Say, I have more than enough because my God teaches me how to profit and pours out his favor upon my life. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for your faithful generosity. Before we go, I want to remind you about October 31st, our Faith Fest right here. Think of it as a faith family reunion. All of our campuses will be gathered here in Austell together. So, of course, the Austell campus, the Marietta campus, the Fayetteville campus, the Gwinnett campus, and the online campus gathering here for the word, for praise and worship, for a lot of fun and games and food and candy outside. It's going to be for all ages. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you plan to be with us Sunday, October 31st at 10 a.m. And starting the next day, we have our 21 days of prayer and fasting from November 1st to November 21st. So if you can be part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting from November 1st to November 21st, text PRAYER to 770-756-8539. That's text PRAYER to 770-756-8539. Thank you so much for being a part of this experience tonight. If you haven't already, share so other people can be encouraged. This message is now available on the Faith Plus app so that you can be encouraged and listen to it again and again because we know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you can listen to this message again right now on the Faith Plus app. You'll also be able to find it on our YouTube channel as well. Let me pray for you before we go. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises 
rises up against you, you shall condemn in judgment for that as your heritage, and you are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. May the blessing of God increase in your life. Command every house be paid off, every car paid off, every student loan, medical bill, credit card paid off. Release jobs, better jobs, promotion, inheritance, checks in the mail, God ideas, concepts, and insights. We release transportation and residences to those who need it. May the favor of God surround you as a shield. Before people encounter you, they'll encounter the favor of God. Have favor with God, man, and government. Have favor in the courtroom, favor in the boardroom, favor on the sales floor, favor on the classroom. May the favor of God go before you and prosper your way and build you a platform that when you speak to the lost and the backslidden, they want to know what you have to say. You're enabled to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ and bring them home to faith. May the healing power of God surge through your body right now healing and delivering you from every sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, spirit of infirmity, virus, and variant. May you be restored to health and strengthened, and may your youth be renewed as the eagles. May the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and mind and keep you in a state of great mental health, for great is your peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you so much. Have a great night. Join me tomorrow on Faith in the Morning, and we look forward to seeing you this Sunday for our faith experiences. God bless. Mm -hmm.